0: Episode 64, Self-Esteem and Your Marriage Welcome to the First Year Married Podcast, where we get real about building the marriage of your dreams. I'm marriage coach Kayla Levin, and I take newly married and engaged women from anxious and insecure to confident and connected through practical tips, real-life inspiration, and more than a little self-awareness along the way. Hi, ladies. How are you doing? I wish I could hear from all of you. (laughs) Always look at the number of... We have like this estimate, right, on our podcasting program of how many people it thinks listen because you can't really get very good statistics for podcasts. And I'm always like, I want to meet them. (laughs) And so this week was really fun because I actually got an email from one of you um, talking about the impact that the podcast has had on you and how it sort of helped you in that, you know, where you've come from the beginning of your marriage and the different things you've done to support yourself and how the podcast has helped you stay focused and see how much of what we experience in the beginning of our marriage has so much more to do with what's going on in our head than what's actually happening in the marriage, which is really powerful and amazing work to do, regardless of the impact it has on the marriage, which of course is huge. The listener actually asked about a couple of different topics that she was wondering if I would be willing to cover. And one of them I thought would be super fun to dive into. So let's start by reading what she wrote. Could you discuss the importance of self-esteem, how both poor and healthy self-esteem can influence our relationships, and how to strengthen it? I realize that this is absolutely a backbone of all your material, but maybe it's worth revisiting a basic. And I totally agree. I think that self-esteem is definitely in the air here at the First Year Married Podcast, but it's not something I've ever discussed directly, and I think it's for sure high time. So thank you so much for the suggestion. So first of all, I just want to say that self-esteem is kind of a buzzword, right? And it has been for a while. And what happens with buzzwords like this is that it becomes one of those things that we talk about so much that we kind of lose touch with what exactly it means, right? Like if someone were to just say like, we need to work on your self-esteem so that you can have a better marriage. It's like, we don't even like think, what What do you mean work? Like, what does that mean? What am I working on and what would that look like, Right. So I want to start by just defining our terms. I looked up self-esteem in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. It gives two definitions. The first definition is a confidence and satisfaction in oneself, self-respect. I think that's the term that we generally use when we're talking about self-esteem. The second definition is self-conceit. So that is getting into an exaggerated opinion of yourself, which um, I don't think is what this person is asking about let's go back to that first one, a confidence and satisfaction in oneself. Now that's not actually exactly how we use self-esteem. Well, I guess sort of in terms of, we'll say like good self-esteem or bad self-esteem. It doesn't really grammatically work to say bad confidence in oneself. I don't know. But clearly self-esteem, you can see from this, it's nothing but the thoughts that we have about ourselves. So clearly If you look at that definition, self-esteem is nothing but the thoughts that we have about ourselves. Can you see that? But it's not how we talk about self-esteem. The way we talk about self-esteem colloquially, if someone didn't have a clue what it was, like let's say someone just never heard that term before and they were eavesdropping on a conversation, it would sound to them more like a physical condition that you have or you don't have, right? Like an antibody or a virus. You know, she doesn't have self-esteem or that's going to hurt her self-esteem as if it's this very physical thing. And since we discuss self-esteem in this way so consistently, we start to act like it's a physical thing that we can control and measure and grow and hurt and affect, which isn't true for a series of thoughts. Okay. So I want to explore what this has to do with our thoughts. We all have certain thoughts that we go back to the most. These are our comfortable thoughts. Even if they make us uncomfortable, they're just more automatic. The way that our brain is wired, the more we think a thought, the easier and the more automatic it becomes to continue to think it. Okay? I always think about this little town that I grew up in, Marblehead, Massachusetts, like the most gorgeous little place. And there were certain streets that didn't make any sense. If you drove down them, they were windy in the most random unpredictable way and it just didn't make sense like why isn't that street straight and it turned out that a lot of that town had been farm village and the street was really because the cows were grazing and they sort of grazed that way and then when someone was walking well the grass was already missing so it was faster to walk that way and then it became a walking path and eventually it became a gravel and then it got paved and then it was a real road that never got straightened out (laughs) And I always go back to that image of that street marblehead as like, that's exactly what our brains do when we're not paying attention, right? Because at some point someone could have come in, and I'm glad they didn't because that makes the town so charming, but theoretically someone could have come in and said, well, this is not efficient, right? I don't care that this is what was the gravel path or the walking path, let's make a straight road that's kind of what coaching is doing with our brain is saying like okay i see where the brain has been winding the brain's been kind of doing its thing at first it had this one thought and that's like the cow going down and eating the grass right and then well that thought was just suddenly so much more convenient than another thought because the grass was missing so i could walk down that thought again well but then it became like really point a to point b i'm using that thought more and more and more and in some cases it just becomes like a super highway without ever deciding if it's a thought that we want to keep Sometimes, on the other hand, it will be one specific major event, right? Like with a lot of women that I work with, their parents got divorced. I know for myself, my parents got divorced. I went into marriage and I was like, nope, don't know how to have a healthy marriage, right? If your are I just, I just decided that, right? I didn't, I didn't consciously choose this thought, but it must be that if my parents got divorced, I don't know what I'm doing. And so that one event, even though it wasn't a thought that I was sort of snuck in there, right? Like the first one one specific major event, even a traumatic event, in that case, sometimes you can get a really deeply embedded thought right off the bat, right? So those are kind of the two ways that we get to these comfortable thoughts. The reason I wanna break it down for you like that is this. If I think that I need to work on my self-esteem, like let's just imagine if I'm thinking, I need to work on my self-esteem. Or I'm thinking, I don't have very good self-esteem. So those are also thoughts, right? I'm having thoughts about my thoughts, very meta, But neither one of them is very empowering, right? Like, where am I going to go with this? I need to work on my self-esteem. I don't know about you, but that thought makes me feel kind of confused, kind of looking around to other people to help me, very disempowered. I don't have very good self-esteem. Well, that just makes me feel more of whatever negative, right? Insecurity. So those thoughts aren't really getting me anywhere either. So we want to also be careful about sort of like on the meta level, how we're talking about self-esteem and is that even helping? So I want to offer to you that instead of self-esteem being this this amorphous thing that we need to get control over, self-esteem is actually not a thing. It's not. You can't touch it. You can't measure it. No two people are going to exactly agree on, I don't even know what you would agree on, right? 98% self-esteem, like how would you do that, right? It's totally subjective. Can you see that? And so when you don't have this thing called self-esteem, which I feel like I'm going to make so many people upset because it is really such a buzzword. And if I take this away, maybe that's going to scare some people. But stay with me. You can ignore everything I say, but let's just do this as a fun experiment, okay? Just hear what I'm having to say and then you can decide to ignore it all when you're done. But if there isn't this thing called self-esteem that's causing you to act a certain way or that you need to work on or that he has a problem with, okay, I've coached on all of those multiple times. What are you left with when you just take out this whole concept of self-esteem from the picture? What you're left with is a question. It's one of two questions. Why am I feeling like this? Or why am I acting like this? Okay. Those two questions are always going to come back to a thought. It's a lot less complicated than trying to measure or fix or determine your amount of self-esteem. So let's say you're feeling a certain way or you're acting a certain way and you want to identify the thoughts. I'll give you an example of the kind of thought that would cause the the, the behavior, the kind of behaviors we're talking about here. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to be married. I'm no good at this. I can't learn. So remember that these thoughts, they're just lines going through your head. And the the exercise that I've been doing with all of my clients lately that is just my absolute new favorite because a lot of times we'll get to this part and they're like, oh my gosh, you're right. It's that thought. That's what caused all that insecurity. That's what made me act that way. That was so gross or was so clingy or was so manipulative. It all came back to that thought that I have about myself, right? So in that way, yes, we are discussing this thing of self-esteem, but when we discuss it directly again, I don't know how helpful that is, but when we get back to that thought, so then the next question that they ask me is like, but I believe that thought, <laughs> right? It's the road that got paved, right? I, I, I'm I, there. I'm in it. I totally am living that thought. I can't just stop thinking that, right? So here's the exercise. So we imagine ourselves at a train station. Like imagine like I lived in Manhattan for a while, so I'm imagining like a New York subway, You can choose your own favorite, but we want like a commuter one, okay? One train you have is the commuter train that you always take, right? It's your commute train. Like you take it to work, okay? So whatever number that is, you get on that train without even thinking about it, right? Like if that train were to come and it was Sunday and you didn't have work that day, you might actually end up on it if you're not careful (laughs) because that's all happening so automatically, right? So those are our really automatic thoughts that just we're already on the train before we even make a decision. Then we've got those trains that go downtown to the dangerous neighborhood, and you are like, no, thank you, right? Sometimes we have those thoughts where we're like, oh, what if I just said this to her? I should just quit. I should da, da, da. Like any of these like really dramatic, crazy thoughts, and as soon as you have it, you're like, no, thanks. <laughs> I'm going to let that train go right by. I don't want to go down to that neighborhood. Yeah? And the other part of the exercise is what if you just imagine yourself on a bench in the train station? And you're not actually planning to go on any train today. You just came to watch. You're just going to watch what trains go by. I actually very much recommend this exercise. Remember, each train is just a sentence in your head. It's one of the thoughts that you're having. So let's take a second and sit in the train station that's you, the self train station. So what trains show up in this category of who you are or what type of person you are? You probably have a lot. You probably have some really great trains that go somewhere awesome. You probably have some trains that might really cause you some trouble. So I would recommend in this case you do a brain dump. So I would just take a blank piece of paper, write me at the top of the page, set a timer for 10 minutes and just free write. What are all the thoughts? What are your trains, right? What are all the thoughts that you have about yourself? And then sit back. And this is only 10 minutes, guys. So like this episode, if you could just give yourself one the length of one more podcast episode, even less, to do this exercise, you will take the impact of this episode, which I'm sure I hope, obviously, if you've been listening regularly, this this, this stuff works for you. I hope that this will be helpful. But if you actually take the time to sit down and do this exercise, get, like five minutes, if that's all you really feel you can do, do try to do paper and pen or pencil. Physical is much better than... Um, you know, on your phone or something like that. If you actually take the time to do that, you will maximize the impact of this episode times 10. Easy, 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 easy. This isn't work you can do in your head. You got to get it down. Okay. So you just set the timer for 10 minutes and you free write all the thoughts you have about yourself. You're not going to get all of them. That's okay. Just what do you get in 10 minutes? And then you just look at them, look at your trains. And then the cool thing, this is the reason I love this metaphor so much is that our trains take us somewhere. Like, I don't care if it's my commuter train. If my commuter train takes me to the job that I quit, I don't want to take it anymore. Right? I'm not interested in going there. Or if it's the wrong day or I want to go somewhere else, I don't care how nice the train looks or if everyone else is riding that train. It doesn't matter. I care about the location. I care about the destination. So you have this thought, let's say, I'm no good at this marriage thing. So where is that train actually go? When you have that thought, I'm no good at being married. How are you feeling when you have that thought? How do you act when you have that thought? For a lot of women, it makes them feel really anxious and insecure. And then they actually kind of lash out on their husbands. And the reason for that is that when they're feeling really anxious and insecure, they are not in a place to feel vulnerable and connected. So it feels safer to push them away a little bit. Okay. So if you look at that, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to get on that train. I don't care if I have lots of evidence that maybe it's true that I'm no good at this. Who cares? I don't want to be lashing out at my husband. I'm much more interested in the person that you can be than how accurately you've described all your shortcomings, right? Like we get so stuck on like, well, I can't just stop thinking that I'm bad at that. (laughs) Like, first of all, the train goes somewhere bad. You don't want that thought. It's not helping you. I don't care what you're thinking. I care who you are actually being, right? Your life isn't what's living in your head. Your life is who you are in the world. And the other thing is there's no thought police. No one's knocking on your head and opening it up and checking and saying like, I don't know, she's having a little too many positive thoughts about herself. No one's ever going to check. No one's ever going to know. So if you see that you like start bumping up the positive thoughts, right, all that's going to happen is you're going to show up differently in the world. Now, is it possible to overwhelm yourself with totally positive thoughts to the point where you start disconnecting from everyone else and you think you're wonderful? Yeah. Usually that's actually coming from a dishonest place of instead of saying, I'm no good at this marriage thing, I just try and flip the thought completely and go like, I'm amazing. I'm the best wife ever. You don't believe that, then you're going to start acting really weird. Okay, that's usually where that comes from. That's actually still coming from insecurity and it's just not being authentic, right? But what if you were to say, I'm no good at this marriage thing and you just shifted it to like, I'm still learning this marriage thing and that makes sense. I've only been married for three years or however long, right? Or I'm, I'm working on this marriage thing. I'm learning how to be a wife. I'm learning how to be in a long-term committed relationship. I learn new things every day right? It doesn't have to be, and I, a lot of times early on, like that's what my clients are doing is they're like, well, I can't believe the opposite. And I'm like, good, <laughs> don't, but you can think something else. Just go on a different train, right? So I still, I want to make this clear, first of all, so we, you know, we have sort of like the humanity normal check here is I still totally have negative thoughts about myself. Okay. So how am I dealing with this? Number one, again, i sort of try and keep tabs on like, where's this thought going? Okay. So if I know that this thought is not going to lead me somewhere where I'm going to be acting the way I want to be acting, I just try not to spend so much time there. Like, oh, I got on that train. Okay. Let me like let that one go. Okay. There's lots of things to be thinking at all times. I don't need to like stay on this topic. Yeah. In fact, when you're aggressively getting on every single train, That's when we get to the point where we start spinning out mentally because we're like, I think I could solve this if I just think hard enough, right? And if you start to let the trains go by, then you really, who are you? You really are the person sitting on the bench. You're not the person on the train. You're not the trains. Your thoughts are not who you are, right? You're on the outside of that. And so we want to sort of get connected to that person on the bench and realize like, I don't have to hop on the train just because I have a thought doesn't mean it's true, right? So sometimes I'll have a negative thought about myself and I decide, like, I need to do some major soul searching on this situation. I did something. I don't like how I showed up. That's gross. Yeah. So sometimes I do do that. And if I'm doing that though, I'm going to that place because I want to make changes. Not because I think like, I should better beat myself up a lot because that was bad. Because I don't think that's doing anybody any favors, right? I'm not helping anyone by just beating myself up. In fact, I'll probably show up even worse. In the future. So, if I really want to make changes, if I really want to improve, I have to figure out, you know, what was the thought that got me there in the first place? And then what's the new thought that I want to be believing here? So, the most motivating thing I think is to remember how do I want to show up? Okay. Throughout this whole conversation, again, we get so caught up in the mental piece, the jumping on the trains. We really want to be thinking, like, wait, hold on, where in Manhattan am I trying to get to? Now I need to look at which train to get on. We don't just jump on trains, right? Because they show up at the station. Um I, lately have just been telling you stories that I don't really feel like telling <laughs> anybody. But I feel like those, those are the ones that you guys are like sending me messages like, thank you so much for sharing. So I realized like the truth is that sometimes these are the stories that I think um help drive the, the point home the most. So when I launched First Year Married and we made a decision for the business to start an Instagram account for First Year Married. And so I sort of got into the Instagram world and the for the first time in a way in which I wasn't representing a brand, I was representing myself. And there was one day where I was just totally spinning out and I was, you know, my husband came home and I was literally so embarrassed. I mean, I'm not going to be embarrassed, but I could be embarrassed about this. I was in tears because I was like, I just can't. Like all the people on Instagram, they're all so beautiful and I'm just ugly and I can't like do anything on Instagram because every time I see a picture of myself, I think how ugly I am and then I don't want to do anything, right? And you know, you would think that my darling husband would, you know, tell me like, you're beautiful, sweetie. What are you talking about? You're more beautiful than all the other women in the world, right? But that's because you haven't met my husband. (laughs) So what does my husband say to me? like how vain could you be (laughs) um and he says there are women out there who are struggling in their marriages and you know how to help them and you're not going to show up and help them because you think you should look prettier i don't care how you look go help some people it was exactly what I needed to hear, right? Like I thought I totally jumped onto this train about what I look like, right? I didn't look good enough. I wasn't pretty enough. And he was like, wrong track, wrong destination, right? Your destination is helping people, right? Do you see how this is just like, it's not like, it's not like, oh no, you're lovely. We don't want to go there. That's not helpful. I was going to the total wrong destination. So when he got me refocused on how do I want to show up, That train was such a waste of my time. So for you guys, I want you to think about for a minute, how do you want to show up in your marriage? Sometimes the negative thoughts are going to be about yourself. Those are the ones that you would bucket under that sort of general self-esteem category. Sometimes those thoughts are going to be about your husband. They're all thoughts, even though we think that they're like, what's really happening. Those are the facts on the ground. Okay. How much self-esteem you have or don't have not a thing, (laughs) right? You could say, I have this thought. I've had this thought before. That's fine. So are you willing to skip on some of your comfortable, recognizable trains to get to where you want to be, to start to be the person that you want to be in your relationship? And are you able and willing to focus on him and what you're trying to build here and not on you? Because again, The self-esteem thing, we feel like we need to jump on all the trains. We need to figure it out. It feels very, it's like a state of panic. I need to figure out what's wrong with me. Maybe I can fix it. I need to really hash out every corner of my personality and myself and my body so I can figure out what's wrong with me. But if you get focused on like, where is this train going? This train is only going to circling me. I don't want to be a person that's circling me. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to show up like this. I'm trying to build a marriage right now. Okay? So then we need to think about what train's going to get me there, right? And then what's going to happen is that those old trains are just going to start to get rusty. Those old trains of I'm not good enough or I don't know what I'm doing, they're not going to be so comfortable for you to take. You're not really going to remember the route so well, right? Because you're so focused on what you're trying to create. So it's a funny thing because in a way what I'm trying to say to you is the, the antidote for low self-esteem is actually just focusing on other people. It's less focused on yourself. It's not positive mantras. I'm the most wonderful. I'm the best. You know what? It's all just made up, right? But if you really get yourself to be focused on what am I creating? What is my mission? What is my goal? So, you know what? Who who you are, your value, it doesn't matter because it's all made up in the first place, right? And then what's going to happen? You're actually going to accomplish something. Because it's this like, you know, this endless cycle of like, I start beating myself up and I'm so busy beating myself up that I don't accomplish anything. So then I'm like, see, I can't even accomplish anything. Right? But if I'm busy being like, I'm going to go accomplish that thing. I don't really care if I don't think I'm good enough. I'm going to give it a shot. So maybe you accomplish something. And then what's going to happen is it's going to sneak in the back, you know, through the back door, this little thought of like, hey, I can accomplish things. And that's going to happen too. I don't know that you want to like ride that train all day long. I can accomplish things. I don't know how helpful that is but it's going to be there, right? And it's going to start to give you some evidence against those old thoughts. So this is where we want to be focused when it comes to self-esteem. What am I creating? Who am I here to serve? What is my goal here? What kind of person do I want to be? Where are the trains going? What's the destination? And how can I get there? Okay, my dears, if you totally disagree with me on all of this, I'd love to hear from you. If you agree with me too, you can email me, kayla at firstyearmarried.com. You can reach out to me at Instagram at firstyearmarried. Of course, if you want to take this work deeper and if you want to learn all the material, that's the, the science side, right? The geeking out side on. What are the differences that actually make us run differently? How are we actually programmed differently? And also, one of the other questions this, this listener had asked me was to discuss intimacy, which is something I only talk about inside my course. That is actually not something that comes onto the podcast, not because it's not super important, but because I think that there's a better setting for how to discuss it. So, If you want to get into any of that material or you just want to learn more and get a feel for what that course looks like, go to firstyearmarried.com. The first class is free instant access. You can watch it get a feel for the material, see the whole course curriculum. The course includes a one-on-one coaching session, so you can take that material much further and apply it much more deeply into the work that you are doing in your marriage. And in March, we're doing a group challenge, which is going to be super fun talking about certain things that we want to create for our husband in his experience, which is kind of really apropos for this podcast, how to Speak to the things that really feed a man in terms of how he feels about his relationship. Even if you feel like there are still things you need to work on in your relationship, even if you're still feeling some resentment or frustration, this work actually, even then, is even more powerful. So, wherever you feel like you are in your relationship, I would highly recommend giving it, a, you know, checking it out. You can always email me with questions again, kayla at if you want more information. And I hope to see you in there in March, firstyourmarried.com. Have an amazing week, guys. Bye bye. Bye.